1: Position Zero week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to continue our month-long deep dive into one of the hottest topics in the ever-changing world of search engine optimization, Position Zero. This podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Okay, joining us today as part of Position Zero Week is Sebastian Edgar, who is Searchmetrics' enterprise SEO consulting team lead. According to his boss, his favorite meal is filet mignon, red wine, (laughs) chocolate lava cake, and ideally with a great view. And he is one of our best technical SEOs. Today, Sebastian is going to talk us through some of the finer details of his palette and rich and featured snippets and how they are related to ranking in position zero. Sebastian, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast.
0: Thank you, Ben. That was, uh, that was a great introduction and uh, nailed it on the filet menial.
1: I love a good filet as well. It's the most tender part of the steak. It's delicious. Red wine. I'm also a big mm. fan. And who doesn't love a good view?
0: Medium rare with a uh, skyline view. You know, Preferably, I'll, I'll take that any day.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad way to spend an evening. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, you're one of the SEO team leads for our enterprise SEO consulting services. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the type of work that you do at Search Metrics?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, in the consulting team, our core focus at Search Metrics, and, and I guess myself, kind of how I grew as an SEO, is really catered toward or really focused toward the technical and analytical side of things. Um, so some of the work really that we do is just focusing deep down on all the technical af- aspects of SEO. Um, so even going deep down into, you know, HTML and diagnosing JavaScript, JavaScript issues and how that may impact, um, impact SEO. And kind of the secondary part of it is the analytical piece. One of the focus that I do, and I try to, you know, have my team also focus on it quite a bit is using data and using analytics and really spending a lot of time in Excel, for example, and just making sure that you're able to tell and shape a specific story with that data that kind of fits your SEO hypothesis or that SEO narrative.
1: Great. Okay. So you're one of our lead technical resources, and you're also a, a data honk like every everybody else mm-hmm. at search metrics. Um, I'm excited to talk to you today because we're covering position zero this month. And in our introduction to this topic, we talked a little bit about what position zero is with Jordan, our CEO. Uh, and he told us, you know, it's a, the placement above the ads. It's above the content. It's what's used for voice search. It affects the results. It's the future of search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get into the weeds of the technical part about how to get into um How to get into position zero outside of it uses rich and featured snippets. So let's just start off with you giving us the definition of what is a rich and featured snippet.
0: Sure. So these are actually technically two different things. Um, Rich snippets. That's basically that's so 2017. Um, So it's an ancient thing. Um, (laughs) It's basically anything within you know within the SERP and uh, anything under you know the meta description. Anything sort of like or under the URL t- title tag that sort of like enhances enhances the SERP either with with for example a star rating or, or maybe like a little uh, back in the day you had like the authorship for example and you have in just any sort of like way that you can enhance that specific surf box that would be more of like a rich snippet. The featured snippet this is where it gets interesting because that's something that's a little bit newer and gives us SEOs you know more things to play around with just so we don't get bored. Um, and that's basically, as you mentioned, and Jordan mentioned, that position, that answer box or direct answer that's at the very, very top and you know usually the first thing that users see. Um, what's interesting is, in recent years, there's been some similar optimization techniques or tactics, should I even say, um, that both sort of help the feature snippets as well as rich snippets. And I'm sure we'll get into those.
1: Yeah, so basically what I'm hearing from you is that rich snippets are metadata, subtext, like the, the fine print that is relevant when you're trying to understand what a piece of content is about, like your star ratings. And the featured snippets are different formatting of content that are really the the body, the main part that people are trying to digest quickly. Did I get that right?
0: Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. And so the the rich snippet, you know, you you used to use um, the structured data schema quite a bit. You know, I, I think, you know, a few years ago, that was all the rage. Every SEO is like, oh my god, you you have to use schema right now. You have to implement schema, and the reason why is SEOs were trying to get as much of that rich snippet, that as much as that sort of like enhanced SERP listing.
1: Um, you are know, trying to take up as much real estate as they
0: can. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and these days, what's interesting and not too good, you know, in the rabbit hole here, but, um, there's a few tactics that now you could essentially get a rich snippet without using schema where Google uses part of that body content. Very similar to the feature snippet. It's a little bit less ubiquitous, but. Um, it's still there, so it's it's very interesting the relationship between both. Mm-hmm. But the featured snippet is really kind of like the new kid on the block uh, that's making all SEOs like you know lose their mind, right? So
1: it sounds like with rich snippets, the original uh, iteration of it was the using the schema to submit your content in a formatted way and using yeah. structured data. And now Google is advanced enough where it's able to comb through your content in some cases, figure it out on its own. And featured snippets being the new kid on the block, it probably has its own submission. Am I right?
0: Yeah, in some ways. And, and actually, one of the things that you just mentioned with the with the schema and Google getting smarter, um, absolutely. One of the things that I always thought, and I, so I personally, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I guess I will. I was never personally a fan of schema. I never, I got the point of it, but I never liked it because I always thought it was kind of useless because, um, you were essentially telling the search engine what your content was. Google wasn't smart enough to understand that this is a review rating, this is authorship, or this is that specific type of content, that this is a location, and this is a specific entity. Mm -hmm. So you had to market for Google. And then once you market, Google kind of like shows to feature or not. Now we're entering this sort of interesting phase where you're you're not marking it Per se, with a specific piece of code like schema, where there's a definition in schema, um, Google is a little bit smarter than a few years ago. Um, making I guess maybe harder for SEOs, but it's it also makes it kind of more fun. But Google is a little bit smarter, so then it's able to understand the way you structure the content as well as other variables, and then uses some you know some probably machine learning systems in there extracts it and then is able to show it without you, you know, really showing it like you used to do with schema.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So I guess what I'm hearing where you're saying well it makes it harder for SEOs. It makes it harder for SEOs to game the system. It probably levels the playing field because the submission process isn't necessarily required in the same way that it used to be, but it also puts more of an emphasis on what the content is.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Let's let's get on a little bit to talking about featured snippets because my feeling is those are probably the ones that are a little bit more related to position zero and getting into voice search. Those are sort of the headlines, the main pieces of content that Google is showing to answer questions, put above the search results. Tell me a little bit more about the submission process for featured snippets and are there any specific formats or categories that um, you're seeing the featured snippets in?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, One quick thing, um, to make sure that people don't get confused. There's no actual sort of like submission process. It's, it's something that Google chooses to show or not. So you, you know, you don't go in like search console. If you're like, Oh, I want this hopefully to be featured snippet. The way that you go about it is it really all, it's all about, um, first of all, how well, how maybe like how SEO (laughs) optimized your content is. Um, and then once your content is relevant it's you know well written content and it's 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 also relevant you are you're, you're showing a lot you know you're uh, you're using hopefully a little bit of of tfidf and and a few of these um, semantic content optimization techniques and then you want to make sure the content is structured so you want to structure it you know through through different ways um, not sure if you want me to go into these right now yeah
1: i think that um, so you used an acronym before we go on to the structures of the different types of content you you used an acronym there that i'm not familiar with for the content marketers and the general marketers listening, you said I think TLIDF,
0: TFIDF. What's TFIDF? Oh yeah, TFIDF. Um, this is this is just something. This is just an algorithm that a lot of content optimization tools. It's it's kind of like the um, the, the, the framework of a lot of these semantic content optimization systems, mm-hmm. and it's able to understand the weight and relevance of each of the keywords on your page. Mm-hmm. So if you have a specific tool or platform. That uses that system as a benchmark. Then you're just, you know, you're working with a high quality tool that is able to understand, you know, the the content relevance. Um, yeah, really, to the content relevance there. So then, if, if you know from the start that you have highly relevant content, um, you can hopefully rank rank better. Mm-hmm. And then once once you have that sort of like box stick, then you can get into the next steps, which is essentially structuring your content through, for example. Um, you know, paragraphs. that's that's probably the, the easiest, most down and dirty way that doesn't take a lot of effort just making your text content into just readable and spaced out paragraphs because more than likely Google is going to grab one of these paragraphs if it thinks that your content is relevant.
1: So let me ask a question there where you're saying, hey, make your content into paragraphs so Google can grab one. Is there a specific? Size of the paragraph? Are they looking for short form content? Is there a character limit? Words? Or, mm-hmm. Is there a rule of thumb there for how to break content into paragraphs?
0: So, not necessarily. The mm-hmm. rule of thumb is however it makes sense. Just
1: write great content.
0: Yeah, because Google's machine learning algorithm is is going to grab whatever, you know, whichever words it thinks are relevant in that paragraph is going to grab. It might even just grab like a mm-hmm. portion of that paragraph, but you know you'll feel better that you can grab more of it. Okay. Um, so, I guess kind of on that on that notion, there the secondary thing that you can do, very similar to the paragraph, and this is where it gets uh, and it doesn't get technical, but it gets a bit fun, is is using lists. Um, and but you want to make sure that in the code as well, you have you're using what we call so like the li or ul tags to make sure that in the code it really does show uh, right some piece of content as lists.
1: That's previsible p r e v i s i b l e dot i o. So I've heard from different interviews that we've conducted for Position Zero Week that for some forms of content it's better to have bulleted list, and for other forms it's better to have numbered list. Mm. I know that you know, like recipes are formatted mm. one way, and educational sites are formatted another. What are the rules of thumb, or, or what are the back-of-the-envelope things that search metrics and you've been able to figure out in terms of categories and formatting?
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a great that's question. So first of all, in terms of categories, we've noticed as search metrics that the health and finance in general are probably some of the higher categories where you can expect these feature snippets um, feature snippets to appear. Now, whether these are uh, come more often due to lists you know, numbered or bulleted that I'm, I'm unsure about, However, the health and finance is a huge one. Then the food, the recipes, the recipes one is, is pretty massive. And just anything really that has to do with, um, with DIY, mm-hmm. for example, if you're trying to make something, um, or even if you're comparing. For example, um, I was just playing around and something like BMW versus Mercedes, believe it or not, that's going to return some sort of feature snippet. Um, you can even go very long tail into... Borderline nonsensical, but a little bit health. Um, so I was typing in my desktop like, "Can I play tennis with a broken arm?" That actually returns <laughs> a featured snippet because it's a, it's you know it's it's a bit long tail, um, but Google's able to understand something from it and, and returns. Uh,
1: does the featured snippet say it depends which arm you broke?
0: That's a good question. It yeah,
1: because that would that would have been my answer. <laughs> so that's interesting that the health and the finance categories tend to return a lot of featured snippets I, I would make an assumption there that the reason for that is people are primarily looking asking questions right health questions it's yeah. for health the queries are going to be what's the symptom i'm having and you know can you help me with a diagnosis exactly. or exactly. where do i find this type of doctor like very simple Q and A type questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Almost like a, yeah, almost like a conversation with Google, right? Like you want to know what are the best whatever, right? You know, more than likely in your query, what's in that whatever is going to return something or, you know, why is something something more than likely that will return something? Because and that's, that's pretty easy for Google to figure that out, you know, to create an algorithm to, uh, to then make if features snippet based on that, it's, it's pretty easy on their end. So it, you know, it kind of makes sense that uh, it would create something there,
1: right? And you mentioned that the other category was finance. I guess maybe people are looking up, you know, mortgage calculators, mm-hmm. or you know, there's assets that people are building that are easy for people to use, which doesn't require you to go to a website.
0: That's that's correct. That's correct. Um, a lot with salary, for example. Like I think SEO salary, you that also returns future snippets. so you're right absolutely a lot of finance questions uh, that people have can be answered pretty succinctly and google will then take advantage of that basically
1: interesting so talk to me more about the details that seo's need to know about ranking into position 0 you don't necessarily have to be ranking in the first spot yep. where are you seeing people you know gaming the system to get above the top of the list
0: yeah all right perfect that's that's a good segue so Okay, so there are a lot of things there. Um so let me let me start then with actually my third point that I mentioned before. The first one was, you know, the paragraph, the second one was the was the listing one. The third one that I think uh less people know and I don't know if I would call that gaming, but it's 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 pretty cool. Uh it's it's a lot of fun and it's using HTML tables. Now, in in SEO and in and in IT sort of development, you can use you can you can create tables using two different ways. I don't want to get into weeds, but it is an important kind of uh, process in detail to know that you can do it through CSS. Um, That's a standard you know styling um, styling method, Um, not using HTML. Uh, That one is responsive, but Google you know most of the time won't understand it in that case. However, you can also do HTML tables where each row and column is a specific Piece of code, TD, TR, and whatnot. So, if you use HTML tables, Google will use um, one of like the rows or column uh, from that table, and then use that as a featured snippet because the information is is very easy for Google to understand. And it will, it might also use it within a rich snippet as well, not just featured snippet, but also rich snippet.
1: Right. Can you give me an example yeah. of a table that's used in in a position zero circumstance?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know if the example is still out there, um, but I guess I'll give two examples. One within a feature snippet, and one within rich snippet. Um, so the first one is when there's a website. So you would type in the query "MacBook Pro prices," and the the website who ranked number one was Apple. However, who ranked in position zero was MacPrices.net, and the reason why is because their entire page was essentially structured using an HTML table, and you had in like the table header was you know the different Mac MacBooks MacBook types, um, and then underneath you had the different specs and different prices based on the specs. Something you know super super easy, and Google could just simply extract it, and it did. It just extracted it and put it. In um, as a feature snippet, and very very similar, um, we had a client, uh, and so their competitors uh, worked in kind of like the gaming space, and their competitors were using an HTML table to display uh, the types of specs for their different sort of gaming systems, mm-hmm. and they ended up getting uh, a few rows and columns of these uh, of that HTML table as a rich snippet. So an enhanced snippet, enhanced SERP feature. And that looked pretty great. It was pretty surprising with no schema or anything like that. Just pure HTML.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at the um, MacBook Pro prices, and I'm seeing a table from Apple Insider that shows Uh, the various different specs for MacBook Pro's 13, the prices, and then how much you save with a headline that says lowest prices anywhere. Um, I, I see what you mean. And it makes sense that people are grabbing tables or that Google is grabbing tables to show a lot of formatted information in a small amount of
0: space. So it looks like it's grabbing the table from that right-hand sidebar. That's very interesting. Yeah, so it used to be macprices.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, yeah, so they're ranking number three, but these guys used to have the table. And so I guess that's an interesting kind of segue here is these feature snippets are extremely volatile. So it's not because one person ranks there now that they're going to rank there next month. More than likely, it's going to be someone different. Incredibly high volatility. Um, so I'm not even surprised that now these guys rank versus uh, Mac Price has done that.
1: So the last question that I have for you before we let you go is, it seems like rich in featured snippets, it's about having formatting, it's about sending your content to Google in a way that they can easily digest it and understand it. But these placements are very volatile. Mm-hmm. So how can you understand or what can you do to sort of optimize the likelihood that Google places you in position zero?
0: So if, first of all, you have, to, you have to get more knowledge behind a lot of the keyword queries that you're trying to optimize for. So uh, one, one other piece of information that is very crucial to know is feature snippets are mostly desktop. Even though everyone is, again, talking about mobile first, mobile friendly, so on and so, on, so forth, uh, feature snippets happen more frequently on desktop than mobile. So that's the number one thing. If, if you're really focusing on mobile and you're hoping to get a feature snippet, there is less of a likelihood there. Mm-hmm. And then the second piece is, you know, hopefully you're using search metrics, but if you're not, that's, that's okay. Whichever tool your platform you're using, you want to make sure that you have visibility into which of your queries are returning a featured snippet. So if you're not ranking there, you want to first of all know if there is even a possibility, if, if Google has put one of your competitors, uh, ranking as position zero, because if, if there's no one, if it's not returning a position zero, More than likely, you know, you won't rank there just by default. But so you want to make sure that you have that visibility to, for example, you have your whole keyword set and you're like, okay, based on my keyword set, these are the 40% of my keyword set that are informational queries. Based on that 30% that are informational queries around, uh, let's say 20% return a feature snippet. And then you want to make sure that you want to analyze those, whatever number I just said, 20% that return a feature snippet and just understand sort of like, are they mostly like best of or comparison or how to's and so on and so forth and then you want to make sure that you apply uh, the sort of like techniques that I mentioned before of okay first of all make sure that your content is optimized and then make sure that your content is structured using those various methods these are really you know the main ways to maximize uh, the likelihood of getting there and it's not because you're you're not ranking number one organically that you can't be as a feature snippet you can be ranking number three or four and still be in the feature snippet um, So, you know, don't necessarily get your hopes down there.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think that's great advice. And I also think it's a good stopping place for us. So, just to recap, you know, there's rich snippets, there's featured snippets. There is a difference between the two of them. Um, There's some sort of categories that we know have very clear needs. A lot of them are informational and question based. Um, In terms of the technical details, we're looking at different ways to format our content using tables using lists, bulleted, numbered, you know, you have to run some experiments and really more than anything, understand where there is an opportunity to have a featured snippet and try to add those formats of content in those places. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Sebastian Edgar, Searchmetrics's enterprise SEO consulting team lead. Uh, we'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Sebastian, you can find links to his bio in our show notes. Or if you have any general marketing questions, or if you want to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes, or you can tweet me at Ben J. Schaap. That's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And lastly, if you've enjoyed the show and you're feeling generous, we'd be honored if you'd leave us a review in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.